0: Are you guys ready?
1: Uh uh, mm, oh, uh I <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm rough and ready. Rough and ready rude boy after a dirty dirt bags. You're a dirty boy Jimmy. dirty. Getting dirty in the dirt.
0: Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza, I don't know if you can hear the exhaustion in my voice.
1: I can smell the exhaustion in your (laughs) breath, though, all the way from here.
0: Um, Hey, we had our rally this weekend, and we're here to kind of give a a recap of how it went. First rally, oh, things could go wrong. Uh, But let's get to who is here. Um, Also, I think equally exhausted, it's... Stumpy John.
2: Hey, everybody. Stumpy John, king of the mud and dust.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: you, you, yeah. 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 <laughs>
3: yes.
0: Well, if you're king of the mud and dust, Emma, what does that make you the queen of?
4: Queen I don't know. Queen the of, of, you're queen of everything. Gin and tonics, darling. I'm fresh as a daisy. <laughs> you yeah, just you look are. like a queen at the moment. But uh, no, I did actually cheat. So I got up early. I served everyone breakfast, which. I promised I would, and then I got the hell out of there, went home, had a hot shower, because I was very grubby, and frankly, I smelled bad, and uh, had a little nap. Okay. I feel I feel great. <laughs> you smell great, too. Yeah, thank you, darling. And also, uh, joining
0: us here in the studio, which I'm amazed I got this many people here <laughs> after this, it's Naked Jim.
1: Yeah, but Mama told me not to come.
4: Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. So, that ain't no way to have fun, son. <laughs> so, ah.
0: so guys, our
4: first Misfits rally. What'd
0: you
2: think? I only remember different parts of it. Jim had me.
4: No, I. Th- I mean, I, It was a. <laughs> it was a very, very good scene. That was um, awesome. Everyone had a really good time. Um, I was thrilled that not everybody. Um, knew about the podcast. I mean, word got out that there was a a rally and few people signed up and like, what's the Misfits podcast? And it's great. Um, Really broad cross-section of peeps there.
1: Yeah, it was fun. You know, um, we got there early and as people filed in, you could see what a diverse group it was. And it seems like a lot of our stuff ends up being that way. And I don't want to, you know, I don't know, say too much right at the very beginning, but but by far the thing I like the most about it it was such an uh, a diverse group of enjoyable people um yeah, I mean I, in a broad sense that that was one of the really cool things about it,
0: yeah, and I was kind of proud how many women were there,
1: yeah, it I was mean real mixed, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to comment on that necessarily, but there were a lot of women there, and even the 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 variety within the women's group, you know was very like diverse, which was cool, so it was all these different ages, everything from the right. youngest was probably a year old, and the oldest was what sixty.
0: Sixty-four three. He 63. won a prize.
1: What did he win? Some underwear or something mm-hmm. like that. I can't remember. He won a prize for that. Some <laughs> the pins. He got some just the pins for the oldest rider. He, but. he
4: he got a pair of lightly shat white yeah. underwear.
1: But we had everything from you know two stroke uh, Husqvarna bikes yeah. to big heavy uh, the Harley off road bikes to the dirt bikes to the, the the Rufuses of the world. Yeah,
4: it was great.
0: Before we go too far, I want to just. I want to start out early with a lot of our thanks. People who helped us make this happen. Um, first off is Matt Beals and Breaking Away Adventure. That was he's the one to organize the whole thing for us and uh, put a lot of work into it.
1: Yeah, big round of applause for Matt. He uh, he worked his butt off, um, got great sponsorship for it. You know, when we rolled down into the campsite, which was a cool campsite, um, yeah. you know, he had the banners up. There were a bunch of pop-ups. There was, you know, the food and the water and the stuff. And, and he
4: got there
2: at 6 a.m. Yeah.
1: Well,
4: you know, me and Matt were cooking breakfast for everyone at like six thirty, seven o'clock. And we shared a couple of candid moments. And he said, you know, Emma, I've I've really been stressing out over this and I want it to go so well. I'm like, just relax, man. It's going to be great. Yeah, I tell you what. And then yeah, we were talking on Sunday morning. I'm like, well, and he's like, "Oh god, it was great." <laughs> well, you guys didn't
1: you guys share a candid moment last night as part of the raffle winnings? Uh yes. Yes, did what, what did he win?
4: He 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 won. Yeah. He won a glimpse of Emma's boobies. Yeah. <laughs> However, he See? blew it. He blew it. He, I he told t- him no groping, oh. and he couldn't help himself. Well, you, it's hard to mm. resist. So, no, I know. So he groped, and I slapped him across the face. Yeah, I think we heard a squelch or something. Squelch. Yeah, it was <laughs> we quite heard a whimper. No, it was quite squelchy.
0: Well, so big thanks to him. Also to Gilray, Gilroy Motorcycle Center, one of our big sponsors. They yeah. gave us all sorts of prizes and gifts, and also let us play a game of hide the dick in there. In their motorcycle super center, which was pretty fun. Uh, I also had Easter eggs around there. We'll get to that. That was good. Um, and also, uh, Morgan Hill, House of Thunder. House
1: of Under. We, heard, you, you we heard that name a lot last night.
0: You wouldn't think that we would be a big Harley event, but there were Harleys there. In fact, they organized a ride to come out and join us today, Sunday morning, for our first aid class, yeah. which is. I'm proud of the fact that we had a, a rally for dirt riders, and there were people only brought dirt bikes. For adventure riders, there was an adventure ride. Street riders, there was a street ride, and then the the Harley crowd who can come and enjoy the first aid class that works for anybody. And that's right. it's it's hard. So I was really proud that everybody came away with something and had a good time. Um, also, big thanks to. Uh, Jason Hollins of Mm -hmm. JPH Suspension, who set up and did suspension setups all day.
2: He dialed in my bike, and it was like night and day. It was amazing.
0: Yeah. um, And uh, did you have anyone else you wanted to thank? I'm trying to remember. I mean, there there was was
4: so, so many people Um, who all brought something to it.
1: I like that everybody was pitching in. So Jonathan in his first aid class, Mm -hmm. that was another huge one. And I know he's done that here before. And then Emma, which... I have never seen her take the time to go step-by-step step on how to change a motorcycle tire. Yeah. And that was one of the, by far the highlights, was just watching her go step-by-step. Step. And the little tricks you have, the piece of chalk and the things like that. But to watch Miss Emma with nothing more than two small spoons and a tiny little box of rubber cement take on and off a tire is easy well, as Well, and we got,
4: and Bagel, I actually said to Bagel, I said, right. Put a hole in it, and he, <laughs> you know, he seemed to enjoy that very much. Yeah. He enjoyed it, but um, but everybody pitched in. No, you know? everybody pitched in. Um, I think um, I, I want to say big thanks to uh, Lucy from Moto Lucia because she yeah. uh, did a couple of prizes for the raffle as well. Um, and sh- she's a solid gal. I mean, she runs a Ducati repair facility up in San Francisco. And speaking um, of
1: candid moments, I think Eliza and her had a candid moment too. There were candid moments last night, weren't there?
4: I, I may
0: have given her a lap dance. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Liza. Um, the, the
1: time I spent picking up at the end of the day around the campsite was mostly feathers from a boa, I will say. It
0: <laughs> looked like somebody killed a flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I, I'll send you something. Hang on.
0: <laughs> but, um, and also I, I want to give a big thanks out to the staff at Hollister Hills. They took care of us. First off, there were a lot of people who came who've never been to Hollister Hills. They were all really impressed. Considering more than half of the park was not open yet. Yeah. There was still so many trails to ride. And that the staff took care of us, checked in on us, brought us stuff we needed. So that was really accommodating. Uh,
1: huge shout out to the staff at Hollister. You know, not only um, the, the park was super clean, they keep it really clean and maintained. The bathrooms are great. They got heated showers. Um, the Herculean effort of the heavy equipment o- operators at the site, as we were talking to the ranger out there, Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the staff came out and gave presentations, right? And, yeah. And, you know, they come out with the animal furs
4: and the bird talons and the, the skunks. <laughs> so, Who knew skunks had such gnarly teeth? So, you know, you've heard us talk about the storms that came through California. Yes. Um, not much more than a month ago. So March 10th. So a little over a month and a, a week ago. The park was devastated in one day. And the efforts they've put in, to get it manageable enough that people can actually use and enjoy the park. It, it's amazing.
0: Well, some of that damage was to our benefit, in fact. Oh, yeah. There was a newly discovered section <laughs> of the park I didn't know existed. It's
1: probably the most dangerous riding I did all day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the minibike trail system. <laughs> Who knew they have a mini bike trail system? So as soon as I discovered that on Friday... I took off on the Amigo, and that Amigo gave me everything it had to give.
1: It
3: did. And I
0: did little hill climbs, and I did mud bogs, and going through trees, and-
1: Well, the fun part about the mini bike track, or whatever it is, course or course, network, yeah. they hadn't touched it. Like, it hadn't been, it was just yeah. rutted out and messed up, and all, so it was, it was pretty fun.
0: Oh, yeah. And I- I was like, wow, that was fun. I, did, I went up to the other end and back. So the reason we had it to ourselves is the other end that the other entrance to the trail had been destroyed and they hadn't fixed it yet. So the only entrance was through our campground, which was closed for our event. So I, that, I thought that was so fun. And then, uh, I turned to, uh, was it, er- was it Eric? And I'm like, Hey, you want to try it? You want to try it? And he's like, sure. So he takes off into the woods on it. And about 30 minutes later, I'm like, huh. Haven't seen him come back. <laughs> hey Jim, you might want to go check. I
1: know, so one. I got I got sent out on the SAR like, mission.
0: Within the first like two hours of our event, there was oh, a rescue. I think
1: within the first thirty minutes, there <laughs> were a couple <laughs> of crashes right out there. And somebody, anyway, but yeah. So I ride out there on some other dangerous mini bike, and here he is pushing it up a hill for like the the second or third time, <laughs> and none no fault of his own. You got he got back in. It was all muddy and hilly, and he ate shit a couple times, and it wouldn't start. And the amigo can be a wee bit finicky starting sometimes. Well, it's hard anyway, not to get the kick starting with the mud on it and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but uh, so yeah, pulled him out of there and he was exhausted. It just wore him out. Um, but the amigo kept giving. It was covered in mud and a little broken, but it kept giving. It
0: gave until it couldn't give no more. Uh Emma, did you see the the final final uh crack in the armor, I'll say. No with the amigo.
4: Well, I so I we had the fueling problems. We had the fueling problems. We had the fall-off problems where the perch for the mirror got broken.
0: The, yeah. And then I also discovered the left handlebar kept getting looser and looser. And here's I've discovered the amigo is it's cheap, it's Chinese, it's fun. How bad can it be? Well, every single part <laughs> on it is cast out of pot metal. So, I like this is like a six month review (laughs) because
1: when you first got it, you're like, This is awesome. You guys should get one.
0: (laughs) So, the mount where the handlebars screw on is just cracked in half, still holding on. We still were riding it. Hey, but you
1: also had like 250 pound dudes rallying it through the woods. So, we got to give a little, uh, you know,
0: but so it's parts I can replace. I'll just replace it slowly with better parts, but that was awesome. Um, So, well, well, hang on before we go that can you get parts for it it's going to be trail 70 parts i think are going to be interchangeable. you have
1: to sand cast your own
0: yeah <coughs> god yeah we'll, we'll find out um but we all kind of did different things uh saturday em and i were part of the street ride john you and jim did the dirt riding
2: yeah, Gemini uh, and, and Craig and who else? What well, was fun?
1: We kind of mixed it up a lot of the yeah. day um, because people, some people be ready to go, some people wouldn't. So you yeah. could just bound out on the <laughs> trails. And because you know part of the park was closed, I, I, I would just run into people. Ran into Adrian randomly because mm-hmm. oh, I was riding with Charlie, but I was going to have lunch. and Then ran to Charlie and Dylan, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, so ended up reading with run riding with a bunch of different people. I wish there was other people I wanted to ride mm-hmm. with. But just ran out of ran out of time, you know. But it was all dirt, yeah.
2: Me and John, most yeah, all dirt. All
0: so weekend. how were the trails?
2: They were different this time. So yeah. we're used to Hollister when it's kind of hard pack, and this time it was very sandy. Yeah, well things things have changed. I think the big thing is is whether the rain, you know, had
1: washed off some of the top soil, or I think a lot of the rutting and damage was yeah. so bad they basically had to like rototill basically probably like the top foot just to be able to level and grade and all that kind of stuff. So the, mm. so it went from some hard pack to a lot of loose stuff to like random sand
2: patches Yeah, and like stuff. sand on an uphill and you're halfway up and you hit a patch of sand and yeah. stuff that really makes your p-
1: clinch. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't <laughs> that it was terribly difficult, it was just no we weren't used to it. So it right. was different. And then of course out of the sudden, we were talking about this or John tell this story, but
2: Yeah. Well, anyway, there was this one you tell Yeah, the there's one spot I'm coming down a hill it goes across the mud pit, goes to the left. Now, I'm riding with Craig. And Craig's an expert rider. So he goes right on through it. I'm like, okay, I can do this too. I got halfway through the mud pit and it started, started sinking and it lost the front end. So I... Tipped over in the mud Which is all squishy and fun But, mm-hmm. um, but That sounds I,
0: like you but <laughs> yeah, That's true I've been called before.
2: <laughs> so I couldn't get the bike up So he came back down And help me get the bike out And then he kind of walked it up But then I'm trying to I, my, I was stuck I was literally stuck <laughs> think it was harder to get me out Than the bike Because he had to like <laughs> Grab my hand and pull <laughs> And finally went <laughs> Right <laughs> Your boot
1: stuck yeah, oh. it was total. I, I thought the boot was a goner Yeah but the, What made it kind of fun And challenging is This shit would just pop up but random you know and yeah. uh, and the water especially because there's still a lot there's of never water, water crossings there, there yeah. yeah but there's water crossings there's water in ditches and and the creek behind the campsite just sounded lovely at night but same thing dirty uphill you're coming up it's dusty <laughs> and it up and levels out and then goes up again steps up and as you come over that first rise all of a sudden it dips into what looks like a like a pig pig a, holler, yeah, yeah. a hog hollow exactly or some right. shit pig i don't know. yeah
2: that and you're like ah and well, i was again. a piggy in the holler yeah
1: not that it was terribly <laughs> difficult although it was muddy and ruddy it was just came out of the blue and there was a lot of that so like a sand patch out of the blue and it and, we, and if you weren't careful, it would just kind of catch you sleeping, you know? It's like on street bikes sometimes. But but the dirt riding riding was great. Uh, the, the staff was was great out there as well. Um, yeah, but, but there was all sorts of other riding too, right? Yeah the, the street, yeah,
4: the street ride was great.
0: We'll get to that in a second because Jim can't stay too long. So we can oh, tell yeah, yeah. our story. Um, what about
4: the night activities, evening well,
0: activities? Oh, what
2: on. I didn't tell you about was the chupacabra. What?
0: You just saw the chupacabra.
2: I heard the chupacabra.
0: Wait a minute, you heard
2: it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was. It was. It was about midnight, and I was. We were. We were having a good time. So I walked around the back to use the restroom, and I'm. I'm doing my thing, and I hear. In the back thing And I'm like Oh fuck sorry And uh (laughs) So I go running back real quick And I'm like Everyone's all What was that Uh So it was the Chupacabra Chupacabra Dude I don't know what that was But it was like four feet from me On the other side of the fence And I just about Chupacabra when he comes
1: He comes heavy Oh I'm
2: serious And then you heard it right In your your uh, Yeah you know what it was though It was a pig Yeah Yeah Oh, it's what?
4: Oh, the invasive the feral species. pig, yeah. Wild yeah. Feral yeah. pig yeah. Well, yeah, they, yeah. Those things are scary. They'll well, hurt you.
1: There's tons of them uh, up in, in, down in San Benito County in that area. There's tons of them. But yeah, they make a freaky ass noise. But yeah, they're out there. Scared the
0: crap. Out yeah. Of them. I think, I think I started the whole chupacabra thing because when the ranger is trying to give her demonstration and showing all the animals that are present and had some skulls and hides. And I'm like, what about a chupacabra? I've seen one, I which know. I still have not figured out what it was.
3: It's a chupacabra.
0: There was a time where a little skinny thing ran alongside. I think it might have been a fox who lost its tail. No, it was a jackalope.
4: Yes. I don't know. I don't it a, know. It was it was a jackalope or a chup or a snipe, chup- or a snipe or a chupacabra. <laughs> well, and
0: you know, <laughs> and you know that pig wasn't the only animal encountered. Did you hear about Lucy and her friend? No, came across a rattlesnake. Oh, I did oh, hear that. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. They, didn't
1: they kind of they saw it and cr- like
0: it fell crashed. over like next it to it, like so they wouldn't hit it.
1: Oh my god, imagine that falling over and then there's a rattlesnake right there. But yeah, I remember she was mentioning that and it kind of it stuck its tail up and oh, it it kind did. of like cautiously slithered away. But you imagine seeing it and be like ah and falling off and then falling right next to it it's like. Raiders of the Lost Ark or something.
0: Never seen a rattlesnake in there. Didn't know they were there until the presentation the night before. <laughs> and then somebody saw one. And they're there like, go. we got rattlesnakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but our rally, and I. this is another thing I'm very proud of. It was very much a misfit event. We had us there. We had... Uh, Charlie, me and Megan, um, John Dalton, Mike three times little, little kids Adrian running around. three time, yeah, Adrian, a lot of the misfits there, Douglas. Yeah. Um, and everyone kinda of brought their own little personality and, show. and and hanging out with a lot of the people, some of which had no idea who we were or that we had a podcast. They just heard about a rally and showed up. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. And uh it, yeah it just made it fun we had just a lot of social time and hanging out and networking uh with people
4: introducing people and the, the little kids are always oh, great. so fun freya was so much fun yeah because you can get them all jacked up on sugar and then give them <laughs> back to mom and dad and it's brilliant
0: yeah. um and then jim didn't you even do some instruction
1: oh yeah we messed around a bit and um yeah, so we took a few people and did basically some of the drills that we learned with Jocelyn. Yeah. Uh, so we did the uh, uh, we put the safety cones in a row and a tennis ball on every yeah. other cone and up and down. You know, uh, practicing control. Except so we used apples because that's all we could find. Uh, we set up the uh, uh, teeter totter. We had some tires to run over. We the had balance beam. Balance beam. We had a corral, um, and we did the thing we practice where you. Like the BMW people do it, where you practice riding your bike, standing up slow. Then you sit side saddle, right? So both your feet are on the left side. Then from side saddle, you stand up you know, on your right foot so that your whole body is off, off the left side of the bike, and you're riding like that. You know, so just balance drills. So we just did a bunch of balance drills and things, and, and the goal was to eventually make it to the TT track. Which yeah. is a little you know TT racetrack they have at Hollister. And we did. so we took a crew up there, uh, John Dalton and his V-strom with street tires. Uh, we had a GSA up there. Uh, I was up there. Uh, and it was a hoot. We all did a couple laps, and everybody was like, all right, we're going to die, and then we went.
2: <laughs> the, the TT track's a little sketchy right now.
1: Yeah. Well, oh. well, it was just very, very loose. Yeah. Very, very
0: loose. Yeah. I took my group on there, too, and it was a bit sketch. But yeah. there were some dudes on, like, two strokes who were really enjoying it and sliding. And here comes a bunch of, like, adventure adventure bike and enduro's on there.
1: And you jumped into so, the middle of it.
0: And so they just started, like, sliding and, like, blasting us with rocks this and stuff. Roosting the shit out of And you. I just, I'm like... Whatever. We deserve that. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah. So we all, I, they all laughed with me right. and then we were like, we're leaving now. Right. Um, it it was good. It was good. And there a lot
1: of activities all day long
0: before you have to jet Jim. Oh yeah. Highlight.
1: Oh gosh. Uh, a few things. One, I'll just say the people in general, you know, a lot of the trips I do, I'm solo sometimes by choice. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. And it's not often I, I don't, I go to a big rally like this cause there were what, almost 50 people there. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the camaraderie of just being around people. You know, some people I knew, some people I got to know, some people were brand new friends. So that was certainly a highlight. Um, and The Stars at Night, that was another one. Uh, yeah. A friend of ours, Jonathan, brought some night vision goggles.
2: <gasps> oh, that was so Good. cool. So we get to,
1: got to look so at the, cool. the starry sky at night uh, through NVGs. And then we spied on you and Emma, too. And I'm not going to talk about that on the podcast. <laughs>
2: We almost, were you awake when we were talking about stringing Liza's bike up into the trees? Uh, yes,
1: that was being discussed. That almost, was, we almost strung the your The Amigo? Bike. And then I, no. And then I, no, 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 no.
2: <clears throat> it was no, close <throat> though.
1: But uh, no, just I would say the camaraderie by far, and I think everybody shares a sentiment. Um, and then, you know, like in the misfitty way is everybody contributing in their own way. Okay. And the, so,
4: and the diversity by far was mm, my favorite. That's awesome. I'm going to share a story about you. Oh. And this is the second time our listeners have heard about you sneaking into my room at night. I am guilty of that. Usually there's a little alcohol involved. There but. is. And I think that might have been last night as well. But I was sound asleep. Because, I mean, you know, I'm getting on. Um, you changed a tire, for God's sake. Well, and you know, it's it's... About ten thirty eleven, I'm about done, and you know well, i are t- up early making breakfast, oh, too. Yeah, but Oh, you were done. <laughs> so I toddled off and I'd I'd modified the camper, because we, we had quite salubrious <laughs> accommodations, but not very comfortable. Um and I'd modified it so it was very, very comfortable, and I was kind of curled up. And then I <laughs> I was fast asleep. You God fart. knows what time it was. And I had Hey, Emma, it's Jim, I brought you a blanket. (laughs) And he starts laying this blanket and I'm like, I don't need it, Jim. And he says you need it. And you brought me a very heavy one. I brought you two blankets. Yes, you brought brought me two two blankets. But I'm one of these I like a weighted blanket. (coughs) I find it very comforting. And you brought me this lovely wool blanket. Like the old school wool blanket. Yeah, the, exactly. But you're
1: laying there. You wake and up the and feet you, out. When you, you
4: woke up, you're all what,
1: Jim? It was everything you could do not to punch me in the face. And I'm like, I, I come bearing gifts, That's and great. then but you and you're like, I'm fine, dear, and I'm, I'm like, your feet are sticking out the blanket, yeah. and.
4: You know, but, but that
1: anyway, is happy to help. That's what we a do.
4: lot of people have actually said, you know, the, the the friendships that we hear on the podcast. Are they real? No, they're absolutely real. I mean, we we genuinely are friends with well, each Well You know, other. you
2: snuck in and spooned with me for like two hours, too. Did you realize that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> Sleep spooner. I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. Who is the big spoon?
1: Oh my gosh! Uh, that's I'll
2: leave that to your imagination.
1: All right, all right hey, you got to bounce. I'm gonna bounce, so I gotta uh, take care of a few things. Uh, but yeah, great weekend, everyone. That was Yeah, super fun. all right,
4: thanks, Jim. <laughs> thanks for the blankies, Jim.
1: I love tucking you in.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, um, we had a good ride on Saturday. Yes, we did. Um, in fact, we worked good all day. I thought starting with our pre-ride meeting. Yeah, which I always like to go over the the hand signals of what we're going to be using. You know, the, yeah. the usuals, left, right, yeah. <clears throat> uh, slow down, you know, pat the head and cops. But, uh, John, I came up with a new one hmm. that I think is pretty good now. This isn't going to work good for audio. So I'm just going to describe what I'm doing to John, and then we'll see what he can All figure right. out. So uh, it goes. Uh,
2: okay. Bird t- finger. So just
0: uh, <laughs> Bird finger. Bird
2: finger uh flashy jazz hands kind of things like 5 three times in a row 5
0: yes and so what that means is so it's bird um flashy 5 what it means is hey asshole your turn signal's been on for the last 5 miles <laughs> yes <laughs> okay i think that's a good one i want to sure. work on more hand signals there but um we took off and did a long ride but it started with a very special place Yes, we went to the Corbin factory. Yep, and uh, which is in Hollister, and a lot of people, a lot of them had never been there. Many had been there, but had never actually been in. So Emma and I, um, we've been there many times. We know Mike, uh, know the whole routine there. We set off and gave. Everyone, a tour. The thing that always amuses me when I give tours there is nobody there knows who I am. (laughs) I'm just leading the group through into authorized sections and explaining what's happening. But because I've been there enough times, I know to tell everybody what to watch out for. Don't bother them. Stay to the side. Stay together, you know, respectfully. There is a way to respectfully give a tour. And I think no one's ever told us we can't be there because we're very respectful. But it is a Quite large facility, people don't realize how large it is. That includes a little, a little bit of a museum to Mike that you can sh- see the history of Mike and everything he's done. It includes surprise a fifties diner right in the factory. I mean the full, full on fifties an diner electric motorcycle thing <clears throat> too with yeah. with 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 milkshakes and everything you know. Yep. and a bar, everything um, and surly waitresses.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and then you can lead people through, and you can see the 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 station up front where they are doing uh, while you wait seats. Yeah, the seats, custom
4: made stuff. yeah.
0: hand carving it to your ass. You move on. You see all the seamstresses who are stitching together all the leather and all. You see all the bolts of the different leather and color, and colors and all of that. Right. Right. Um. And. And then you keep going around, you can go to the room where they are pouring the molds onto the seat pans, which is impressive. How many models of motorcycles do you think they make seats for? Hundreds. I think thousands. Probably over the years, it's thousands. Thousands and thousands. It's got to be. And they have a giant mold the size of a suitcase. I mean, it's bigger than the seat. For each of those on these tall shelving all over the place, everywhere you look, you see different ones that have a code on it that tells them what it is. Just think of how many models of bikes had changes over the years, right? Right. <clears throat> it's really impressive to see that. And they bring these like clamshell molds down and they eject it and uh, it's... And you see it go around the carousel, and then they have paint booths. And then the other thing I really like that you kind of took over—they have a state-of-the-art fiberglass
4: and what ABS molding, section. right? And it, I mean, they are pioneers in uh, pressurized injected fiberglass. Yeah. And when you look at a set of saddlebags, the fiberglass, but the inside is as smooth as the outside. It's, it's like pressure cast. It's amazing what they do with them. Um, it's just, it it's a fantastic place. And many, many years ago, um, before I even started coming down the Misfits, I built a very, very nice Norton Commando for um, the Jameson Museum and took it down to Corbin to have a custom-made seat on it. They liked it so much, they made it one of the um, examples of Norton's mm. that you can see right now on the website. So if you go on to the <coughs> Corbyn website and you look at the um, gunfighter seats for Norton's, one of the those bikes, there's a red one, which wasn't mine. I think that was a Colorado Norton Works bike. There's a Midnight Green one, which is the one I built. And I actually saw the process of them laying the molds on the bike and adjusting them and getting getting the shape okay. just right and then marking it off so for From that point forward for the early Norton Commandos, that's the mold. And they have um,
0: these, I call it the carnival ride, but these are these big, I guess technically they're robots or almost like a a paint mixer. I mean, how do you describe the things? So when they put the the fiberglass uh, injected into a mold, they put it on this spinny thingy that spins it in every direction. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's the size of a car. I mean, it looks like yeah. one of those carnival rides. You strap you in and, and spin you in every direction, you know? Um, and so it spins it out and perfectly coats it on every surface. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, and then you keep going around and then there's this machine shop because every bag, every seat that attaches to every bike has to have the hardware to do so. And they have jigs, a wall of thousands and thousands of jigs for every bike. And they have this, again, state-of-the-art machine shop, including many CNC machines. They can make anything, fabricate anything there. It's really, really impressive. And that's not the the only uh, gem, though, there. The other surprise, as I tell everyone, you get a twofer when you go to the Corbin factory. Yep. Because inside the Corbin factory is the Lightning Motorcycle Factory (laughs) inside. It's pretty funny. Um, Mike and uh, uh, Richard Hatfield are friends. And when Richard needed a place to move uh, to do assembly, Mike gave him a section of his facility. And so we just showed up. Hey, we're here with a tour. (laughs) And they were oh, what? But uh, Richard's wife, Jojo, came out and started showing us bikes. Now, here's the interesting thing. There are things in there we cannot talk about. Things. There are things. Yes. We know that there are two models of bikes that they currently sell, and they had two different production lines where they are hand crafting them.
4: Most famous model is the LS218, famously named after its top speed. Mm-hmm. Um, winner of the Pikes Peak. I mean, it's a, it's a super bike in every sense, but it's also 40 grand. So, I yeah. mean, it's out of the reach of most people. And then they do the Strike, mm-hmm. which is still a sport bike, but a little more affordable. I think it's still 20 grand. Yeah. But it, it's a little more affordable.
0: But they have, um, Richard is not slowing down. He's got a lot of different prototypes and things. And also partnerships. I'll I'll just say that uh, the Arcimoto that we see when we're up at um, one show, which we'll be at next weekend, they have one there. They're working with them redesigning how that is powered, which is interesting. And uh, there was another, I can't talk about it, but a chassis of a completely different bike that Richard is designing. And in fact, when we all went, I don't know if you heard this, John, when we all went to the, the, the diner in there for lunch, <coughs> yeah. Richard came and joined us oh, that's cool. and started showing me his renderings of this design for this completely new bike and asking us for our opinions on it oh, and cool. was getting the whole table, giving feedback and what you should have and what you shouldn't have. And maybe you could do this and maybe that. And
2: you know, it's funny. One of the guys I was talking to last night was a, a, a legitimate industrial designer that was on that tour. So oh, yeah. he and Richard really connected. He feels like he really gave Richard some really good input.
0: So that was a really, I think, a special moment for the people on our tour. Right. And that's one of those things that when you're hanging with the misfits, we just have a certain access and and a lot of uh, friends that sometimes
4: you get to do cool well, stuff like that. You, we've been doing this for a long time. I mean, we remain one of the the oldest motorcycle podcasts you can listen to. Mm-hmm. And I've seen Arrol from day one of me being here as a legitimate journalist. And you know, we kind of push the envelope a bit and we are quite idiotic at times <laughs> and immature. Um but part of our job and it's a job I take very seriously is to meet interesting people in the industry, talk to them, interview them and then bring that content to you dear listener. Yeah. Um and so as such we know a lot of people. Yeah. Um so yeah, I thought that was the greatest part of the tour. You go on a tour, you meet people and it's not just oh there's somebody over there and you know, hello. They'll come and talk to us.
0: Yeah. So that that was really exciting. From there we left and went into <coughs> the hills of Gilroy. And um <clears throat> I have to say considering that we had to postpone this event because of bad weather last month we, it was more than made up for with the most perfect weather you it can could ask for. not
4: no. have been better
0: it was what like 70 degrees 70 maybe 74 yep uh sunny clear sky
4: super bloom because of all that all bloom. the rain oh. has equated the hills are green there's, I Everything don't is think I have ever seen as many California poppies. <sighs> and for those who don't know what a California poppy looks like, it's like the most vibrant orangey-yellow. They're almost fluorescent, and they're everywhere this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why I'm sniffling. <laughs> ah, very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just a gorgeous ride. Spirited, not overly fast. Nobody got left behind. Um... No, and I think everybody seemed to find their
0: position in the pack, ride well. It was, uh, I mean, I rode fast enough to make it a fun clip for people up front if they want.
4: And And I was collecting up the slow (coughs) people at the back. Me and Liza have always ridden very, very well together. And um, Liza was up the front. I was doing sweep. And I've got this very, very powerful headlight on Rufus. It's an and amber it's, headlight. It's kind of amber and purple. It's a, it's a plasma discharge headlight. Um, and it's very, very distinctive. And I could
0: see when you came up.
4: And I'm like, great, can go. Yeah. As soon as you saw that headlight beam, we're boom.
0: But we did some nice squirrely uh, roads up 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 a mountain and took a picture. And then uh, came back down. All, all good writing. Just yeah. perfect. I mean, perfect roads, not many cars. Went to Gilroy Power Sports. I always say that. Gilroy Motorcycle Center, where we saw our friend Greg, who's been on our show. Played games there. Had some drinks. Right. Gave away prizes. And then from there, well, you know our motto, live to ride, ride to eat. We went over the mountain. Another great ride over the mountain uh, to Gizditch Pie. And got pie. You know what I say? great food comes on a stick or in a bucket or out of a barn. Right. Right. Can't go wrong. And then took farm roads the entire way back. John, I took all these back roads to Hollister, just farm roads through fields of like bright colored lettuce. And like, Oh, it was awesome. Mm. It was a great, great day. We were, we left at 10, didn't get back till five.
5: Yeah.
4: It was a full day's ride of just perfection. Um, Um, Of course, the event was catered, so we had
5: delicious
4: Mexican food waiting for us.
0: Mexican food and and more classes. We had an art show. My friend Carrie was there doing art. It was
4: such a wonderful... It was a neat scene. It really was. Wonderful
0: blend. And you know what? Uh, We're calling it a rally, but to me, it felt more like a family reunion. And I'm looking forward to doing these every year. And having people come back and bring
4: as the family grows more people. I like it. It's kind of a gathering of like minds. It's the misfits gathering.
2: Misfits Motorcycle Days West Coast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there was yeah. enough shenanigans. I will say. <laughs> um, uh, in, in a second, I'm going to introduce our, our our you know our guest interview. Um, I will say so. It was a, a ranger from the park. Uh, came and we interviewed him live in front of a, an audience, which you're right. about to hear. And, and I, th- I find it funny that one of the questions was like, "What's the craziest thing you've seen here?" Now he couldn't really. He 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 gives a good answer. I'll I'll say that. He 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 watered it down a bit, but like, it what's the craziest thing you've ever seen here? And then after the after that interview, I was like, well, stick around, you're about to see something crazy. And I'm hoping I made his list because feather boas and a gimp mask came out and they got used. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and well you were not afraid to use that gimp mask, I'll tell you.
0: Yeah. So we just had a, a good time and fun and um I just loved seeing people who – some people who came by themselves and, like, were meeting other people and and talking. We didn't even talk about the adventure ride that Charlie and and Matt led. That was a whole other ride. And there are so many more roads nobody even went to discover yet, which just – I feel so good about that location in future years because
4: there is something for everybody. And I'm going to make a personal promise to people, if they're thinking about coming for 2024, 2025, 2026, mm-hmm. if you're coming on your own and you're worried then, yeah, I'm a little socially awkward, I'm not going to make friends easily, I'm going to be sitting over on the corner not talking to people, I'm not going to let that happen. I absolutely <laughs> will not let that happen. It's all friends, it's a Very, very supportive and loving environment. It's just a really good scene. Mm -hmm. Everyone had such a good time.
0: Yes, and there may have been a little bit of alcohol involved. Maybe. John, I hardly saw you the whole weekend.
4: Yeah, that might be the reason why. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I am the first to admit, usually I start on the gin and tonics early. And having to cook breakfast. Early, do you
0: mean 11 a.m.?
4: No, I mean as soon as I get out of bed when I'm on <laughs> a rally. However, the you know the, the the crushing responsibility of providing everyone with breakfast. <laughs> you know, I decided to knock them off, so um, I stayed off the gin and tonics for the for the day. Emma, what was the highlight for you? <sighs> I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. I love motorcycles. I love working on them. I love fixing them, but the 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 jewel to me is always just hanging out with my friends because everybody needs friends in their life. I'm not talking about acquaintances. I'm not talking about people who call you friends and then say bad things about you behind your back. I mean, you mean?
0: are you calling me out?
4: Yes, um, <laughs> but everybody needs good quality, like-minded friends in their lives. And just being part of it, it's like, you know, pick your favorite child. It was great. It was great from the moment I arrived until the moment I left. And I'm waiting for next year. Yeah. You know, it's all about, yeah, I'll pick doing the ride. What's better than riding, doing a ride with all your friends? There's nothing better than that beautiful sunny day in rural california oh my god it's paradise Mm. that ride was a big breath of fresh air for me
0: having not done much riding for the last few months exactly and then to be out riding with people who were all riding well and having a good time and enjoying one another and it was just peaceful yeah
4: and exactly what I think we all needed. It was the medicine, the doctor. It, it was the prescribed. medicine. And and Rufus was kind of clunky for the first mile or so. He's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And, you know, by about an hour into the ride, he was singing, I was singing. It was great. I'll tell you, one of my, my favorite moments was at the end of that ride,
0: once we were getting closer to Hollister, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but like when we were in the the farm roads, and I was just like, you know when your bike just feels good, the tires feel good, the road feels good, you just have yeah confidence and you're feeling good about the bike? And I just whack, whacked it open. That's 690. I mean, it looks like a dirt bike, but... Yeah, it moves. It moves. And next thing I know, I'm doing 90, which I don't like doing 65 on, the, on knobbies, right? I'm doing 90 and just flying, feeling good. I'm like, whoa, like, wow, wow. It just, it felt good. And then by the time we got to the road that you take to get up to the entrance, which is a pretty squirrely road with no center line, um, I was feeling it and I just took off. And just when you're feeling so good in the corners and you're just working well with the bike and you and the bike are one and you're just... Riding smooth and just sailing. I had that ride, that moment. And I got up to the park. I turned off the bike and waited and waited for everyone else to catch up. Mm -hmm. And I just felt good because I didn't feel like I was pushing it. I didn't feel like I was taking a risk. I felt like everything aligned and it was perfect.
4: Stars aligned for you and you're like, go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How about you, John?
2: Yeah, a couple things. Uh, The first is um all the chaos has been going on in my life. It's the first weekend and a f- few weekends that I felt like normal again. So that was that was kind of huge for me. It was a nice respite. Um certainly the community. Uh well, it's funny. So people don't know I can I can operate as an extrovert, but I have to force myself, but I'm I'm really an introvert. So I would disappear a little bit and a couple times I was just sitting down there and just watching and listening and hearing the sounds of the rally and the motorcycles and into talking and the music and the laughing. And I was like, this is a happy, joyous place. So I was really, that, that did my soul good. The riding was great. You know, I, I'm i still getting used to the DRZ. We're still getting it dialed in. It's much closer than it was before. So I just started, started to feel like, okay, I can ride this thing. And I'm, I, I kind of like it. So that was, it was fun to sort of get into a groove with that. But um, the best ride for me was Craig and I took off uh, in the evening, the two of us. And he's, again, such a good rider. This is when I got st- stuck in the mud. But he, he took me on stuff that I probably wouldn't have gone by myself. Um, but you know, just being pushed by somebody like that, r- riding with a better rider is so great. And I got done, and I was like, "Whew, that was hard." But man, I feel really good about it.
0: Yeah, there was there was a lot of great moments. Um, really looking forward to next year, but also just loving meeting a lot of our listeners and and, yeah. and old friends and new friends, and just you know, having that that bond. But um, we did make a new friend at Hollister Hills. And that would be Ranger, Ranger Eric. It's Eric. I thought it was Rick. Everyone was is, saying Rick. is Eric. <laughs> um, he showed up, Emma, you want to describe what he showed up on? I guess we talked about, we talked about yeah, it. Yeah. Anyway, I mean,
4: but we talk about it, yeah. but he, he was a very, very cool cat. Yeah. A very, very cool guy. Um, had a lot more actual authority and jurisdiction yeah. than I was expecting. And, um, it was a great interview. Um, You guys judge that for yourselves. I was very, very happy with it. Um, And he was just he was part of the scene. And he was on duty. So I kept, "Ah, you know, we need to keep this at an hour. When the interview was over, he hung out for at least another (laughs) hour afterwards because he was clearly having fun. Very, very nice guy. I will say throughout the whole weekend, I had a lot of interactions with Rangers, a lot of interaction with the maintenance staff, with... Um, Oh, are you the one
0: who destroyed Toilet number 3?
4: No. Okay. Um, But everyone's just very chill and really happy that we were there.
0: Yeah, and so I was glad to um, be able to finally get an interview with one of the rangers. This is something uh, we talked about for years going to Hollister Hills, but I think we've always just uh, taken it for granted that it just exists. And there's a lot of people who put hard work into maintaining this for us and keeping it a wonderful place. Um, and so we were able to interview uh, Ranger Eric in front of everyone at the at the, our little bonfire in the campground. Really nice environment. Um, learned a lot. I learned something new that kind of uh, blew me away. The fact that Hollister Hills, our dirt bike park, is the first – S S V R A? did I say it right? Mm-hmm. SRV, State Recreational Vehicle... S-
4: SVRA, SVF. State Vehicle R- Recreation R- area. Oh, area.
0: The first SVRA in California. Mm. The first. And it's a really cool story. So we're going to go to that now. You get to hear this interview we did with Ranger Eric And uh, really learn more about our wonderful park and what it takes to keep it going for us. Here it is.
4: And here we are at Hollister Hills State Vehicle Recreation Area. What does that even mean? Well, we have somebody here who's going to tell us all about that. But before I get into that, it's a very special episode We've got a live audience. Live (laughs) (laughs) audience. Also known as an unruly mob. Um, We're incredibly lucky this week because we are actually with a real-life state ranger, Ranger Hanson. He wasn't christened that way. He's actually christened Eric. So from this point forward, if it's okay, if I could refer to you as Eric, um, you're going to tell us all about this fantastic area that we're sitting in right now.
5: Sounds good. What would you like to know? Oh, God, everything. Well, first
4: thing, how did this come to be?
5: So the history of this park goes back, actually depends on how far you want to go back. Um, We have history going all the way back into the Spanish exploration of California in this park. Um, they had motorcycles. <laughs> the motorcycle <laughs> history didn't happen until around 1947. Conquered okay. okay. the, the first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 1947 was the first recorded motorcycle use of this park, and that was when the Howard Harris family, um, that originally owned this property, started leasing out the land to a hunting club. And that hunting club was based in what is now known as Lodge Campground because it's the hunting lodge.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense.
5: So uh, it was used for those purposes. um, And then to supplement the income of the ranch, uh, the family started um, allowing people to come in and ride. And they charged um, for each motorcycle that came in and everyone was allowed to ride on the ranch. That continued until uh, the early 1970s and in 1974 it no longer became profitable for them to um, be leasing out the property for motorcycle use and they were running into some insurance issues and things like that. Fortunately there was a piece of legislation that had just been passed called the Chappie Zeberg Fund.
0: You were prepared for this. Nice. It is my job.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So um, once chappie Zeberg Fund was passed, um, what that created was California State Parks OHV. Mm. And it created a funding source for state parks to build and develop and maintain OHV areas throughout the state of California. So now we had a funding source to do that, but we needed the first park. We needed the first property to do that. The Harris family uh, was looking to get out of their ranch. They were looking to sell the property. And so they sold what has become Hollister Hills to the state of California and California State Parks to be the very first official OHV area within the state of California.
4: So you heard that right here. This
5: is number (laughs) one. We're the first. Wow. That's fantastic. And I
0: believe there's about 1,600 acres total.
5: Uh, Approximately.
0: And there's three separate parks within so, the park
5: the park is divided into three main sections there's the lower ranch which is where we are currently and that is set aside exclusively for motorcycle and ATV use and then there's the property just across sanago Road from us which is the Hudner Ranch and that's set aside for uh side-by-side jeep 4x4 truck that sort of thing and then about a mile up the road is upper ranch and that's set aside for um, Jeep, 4x4, ROV, and that sort of recreation.
0: Yeah, it's quite massive. I mean, just here in the dirt bike section, you can see on the hi- ro- layers of hills behind us carved uh, uh, roads, and you can go get lost. Just but with, they always bring you back.
5: Yeah, just within the lower ranch, we have over 100 miles of trails.
0: Yeah, it, it's impressive. Not just that, many different tracks. Mm-hmm. There's a mini bike track, there's a TT track, there's a vintage track, there's a kids' motocross track, there's a really little kids' motocross yep. track. There's the trials, kind of, yep. we call the playground. There's yep. so many different places to go and for, for everybody, something for everybody.
4: And I think that's something I wanted to touch on, what's impressed me so much. If you're just starting out riding dirt, because a lot of people mm-hmm. listening to this are going I really want to visit this place. I have no dirt experience, or I have young children that just got their first bikes. We want to give them dirt experience. We've got trails here for everyone, don't we? From Absolutely. From the beginning of the beginning to the
5: expert. So all of our trails are rated similar to a ski resort. Okay, So we have a selection of green circle trails, you know, equivalent to a bunny slope. Those trails are intended for the first-time riders, for the new riders, and to get out and actually get start playing in the dirt. As you get better, you can move up into the Blue Square Trails, and then from there you can progress into the uh, Black Diamond and the Double Black Diamond Trails.
0: Yeah, and you also, for people who want to learn a ride, provide lessons.
5: Yeah, so um, today uh, there was a uh, group that was out teaching um, the basic MSF class in the park. Uh, We also have, uh, we offer um, ATV classes and things like that to the public. So if you're wanting to get into the sport, then this is a really great place to do it.
0: Yeah, there's something for everybody. But I would like to know now about what it takes to maintain and keep this running. We've been coming here for years. And I think so many of us just kind of take for granted, like, hey, I'm gonna go to Hollister's and ride for the day or stay for the weekend, which by the way, the campgrounds are all great. I know a few years ago, all the bathrooms got upgraded. Who had a hot water shower here? Yeah.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, Yes. Shopping, yes. Well, and the, the other part of it, too, is you can't beat the price. It's the
5: best deal in the Tri-County oh, yeah. area. You
0: should really raise the price. Yeah,
5: so <laughs> day use, it only costs $5 to get in here, and camping is $10 a night. So 5 bucks to come use the park.
0: There are often times where are people coming through in the summer, and they're like, hey, coming into town, uh, where can I, can I go camp? Like, every campground up and down the coast is booked. I'm like, go out to Hollister Hills. Yep. It's Ten bucks, you can always find a place. Yep. It's one of the best kept secrets. I send people, not even motorcyclists here, because you can find a place, and it's really nice. So how many people does it take to run this place?
5: I don't have the exact number. Um, however, we have a um, resource and trail crew. Um, there's approximately, uh, I'd say, around 20 people who work for th- that crew. And then we have three heavy equipment operators. Uh, we have a maintenance staff who, as you mentioned, you know the campgrounds are clean, the bathrooms mm-hmm. are clean, maintenance, that's their, their thing. And then we also have a uh, visitor services staff, which is the people that you'll encounter when you come into the main park entrance and they're taking your fees, helping you find a campsite, helping you get into the park. And that also includes uh, the ranger staff, such as myself. Um- now, I want to expand a little bit
4: on your role, the ranger role, because you said to me about 10 minutes ago that you've actually got exactly the same jurisdiction as probably a sheriff.
5: Yeah, so the And agency, that's throughout the state of California, right? The agency closest to our jurisdiction that most people uh, know and understand is California Highway Patrol. Okay. So I'm a statewide peace officer, um... I have jurisdiction anywhere within the state of California. uh, (laughs) But where CHP's primary emphasis is working on the highways and the freeways, uh, my department's primary emphasis and where I spend the vast majority of my time is working within a state park. Right. And this is the thing
4: that's very confusing for a lot of our European listeners. Because in order to understand the American judicial system and the police system, because... We have city police, yep. we have highway patrol, we have the sheriff's department, we have the rangers, and you all kind of overlap. Yep. They can all tase you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, we're talking about e- equipment. I'm sitting right next to Eric now. You have a taser, but you mm-hmm. have um police revolver, you have a nightstick. I
5: mean, you're the real deal. You're not a... It's... pretend cop you are a cop it's pretty common misconception Um, a lot of people think that rangers are not actually real law enforcement officers and in some areas that may be the case however within the state of california um, the title of ranger is specifically reserved for a law enforcement position and um, you know i i have arrested people and they flat out told me well you're not a real cop you can't do anything about this (laughs) (laughs) They, they were that very surprised. They were them. very surprised when the real handcuffs came out and they went to real jail. Right. <laughs> um, so,
4: how many rangers police this area?
5: So we currently have a staff of um, six uh, field rangers and two uh, sergeants.
4: Okay. And when you do a shift, mm-hmm. is it? Uh, I should think it's far more heavily policed at the weekend when there's far more people actually out here using the facilities. Yeah,
5: we try to vary our staffing depending upon operational needs. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's flexible. Our shifts change throughout the year um, and also throughout the week, depending on whatever is necessary to achieve the coverage so that we can ensure that we have a f- safe, family-friendly place to go
4: Right. To. and. Uh Throughout the year, we'll touch on this. This park is open summer, spring, winter, yep. fall. It's, it's open throughout the year.
5: So there's only uh, three specific times that there's been closure of this park that we haven't been open. And
0: one was recently.
5: Uh, the first was in 1997 when the entire park was uh, devastated by El Nino. Mm. Um, the second was uh, 2020 with COVID. Mm -hmm. And the third was uh, just a few uh, days ago that we reopened as a result of the March uh, storms. And
4: I know, Jim, you wanted to touch on the recovery efforts because we had a heck of a storm come through California. Yeah,
0: and if you're not aware, we were scheduled to have this event last month. Yeah. And so we kind of knew ahead of time because of just what was happening all over California. Mm -hmm. And kind of had the heads up. This might not be good. And also knowing just from rainstorms and seeing different areas being closed, but you guys are always pretty quick to get out there. Yeah. But also, I know closing things to prevent people from getting into trouble.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, with the reconstruction, because I saw a lot of the pictures, and we came out here when we were talking about doing the event, and it was devastated, right? Yeah. We didn't even get Un- back up there.
0: Unprecedented. So
1: I'm yeah. kind of curious, like, where do you begin like what do you start working on and what was the progression of, of to get us to this point at least
0: yeah so um, I know the answer the road <laughs> to get in yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: so the, the main problems happened on March 10th um, that storm that came through and uh, the morning of that day we got hit with three inches of rain in three hours wow and San Diego, and, you'll
1: get like 10 inches of rain in a year if yeah that,
5: right? so our For this park, our average rainfall is, um, I believe it's 12 to 14 inches is our average here.
4: Annually? Annually. Okay. Uh,
5: So far this year, um, or this winter, uh, we're over, we're almost to 30 inches of rain. Wow. So we got hit with a ton of water and- um,
1: So what happened that day
5: that it started? So on that day when we got the three inches initially, Basically, all of our sediment basins were already full of water from previous storms. And when we got hit with that large rainstorm, it completely overwhelmed all of the flood control measures in this park.
0: That's what all the dry ponds are for.
5: That's what all the ponds are for. Yes. We thought they were to get stuck in. (laughs) Well, they work for that, too. Um, So all of the um, sediment basins filled up and the water started flowing out of them faster than they were designed to vent, and uh, we actually ended up with a uh, failure of one of the sediment basins, and that dumped uh, even more water into- So like a dam broke kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And that dumped even more water into Bird Creek, which is the creek you may even be able to hear in the background Mm -hmm. next to us. Mm -hmm. And um, the water level rose in some places about six feet, if it, cr- not- oh. it created rivers where there weren't wow. before. And, uh, was it, this underwater? Uh, so this section wasn't submerged. <laughs> okay. However, um, if you go you know, a couple hundred do- yards down the road to the main park entrance road,
3: yeah.
5: um, there was over a hundred yard wide mm-hmm. river running apl- across the oh. main entrance of the road that was several feet deep. Uh, that then dropped back into the main um, channel for the creek and goes by where um, some of the park facilities are. Uh, it flooded our maintenance shop. Uh, there was a bridge that was... <laughs> it
0: was a bridge <laughs> and a gate. It was,
5: um, <laughs> that had been constructed, I believe, in back when it was the Howard Harris Ranch. So prior to 1974, um, that bridge was completely washed away and no it didn't seem a lot exists. of storms
1: up to that point yeah. right and that yeah. was
5: yeah. and uh so we had wide st- widespread devastation throughout the whole park as um the damage from that rainstorm and you know that was bad in and of itself but we then got hit with a series of more storms after that mm-hmm. right. so that greatly delayed our reopening of you know getting the trails back accessible um I don't know if any if any of you guys were riding on Harmony Gate today, but you probably saw that there's a new section of rock where the <laughs> yeah. and water, there yeah. used to be a dirt trail. Um, there was a culvert there that went under the road, and uh, that culvert completely blew out. Um, we found the culvert; it was uh, <laughs> a couple hundred yards downstream from where it used to be, and all the material that had held that culvert in was gone. So wow. that became a approximately 30 foot wide uh, rut that was about 6 feet deep. Oh, wow. So
4: And so the method you've used now to repair it, is that a permanent fix or is that just basically to get the park up so and running?
5: A lot of the fixes that are in place right now are band-aids. Okay. They are hasty f- fixes in order to get the park reopened so that you guys can be here and recreating. Um, come summertime when the water levels go down and um, visitation goes down. We're going to have to go in and change a lot of those band aid fixes into real permanent repairs. Yes,
0: yeah, so it went from we are closed <laughs> in, until further notice mm-hmm. to we hope to be open in about a month to mm-hmm. surprise, we were opening early. That so, is correct. did you guys have to bring in outside?
5: So people we, to do this or did you know just kick we butt? have three equipment operators um and the vast majority of the work that needed to be done was heavy equipment
3: yeah
5: and so our heavy equipment operators need a lot of recognition for what they've accomplished uh since march 10th they have all been working three twelve or excuse me six twelves so six out wow. six days a week 12, 12 hours, hours a day, day. And uh, that's that's what it took to get it so that we can open now.
0: So, yeah, thank you for that. And I think part of the reason that it's also important to get open, is it true that this park is, like, self-funded? It funds itself? Um,
5: not really. Okay. Uh, so this park is funded through the Chappie Zeeberg Fund. So when you pay for your uh, motorcycle's registration Those funds come directly back into state parks for OHV purposes. Uh, There's also a portion of the fuel tax in California that rolls into OHV. So um, this is all funded by your guys' activity.
0: Because I know it comes up from time to time that there are Mm -hmm. some politicians who think this money needs to go somewhere else. We don't need it.
5: Well, and that's one of the cool things with the Chaffee-Zeberg funds is... That money is earmarked specifically for OHV purposes. Nice.
3: Yeah. Uh, to protect. That's important. Yep.
0: Nice. 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 So I want to talk a little bit more about you know like your role and,
4: and some of the other rangers. Um, well, before we do that, can we talk about what you arrived on?
5: Because you arrived. <laughs> yes. You arrived yeah.
4: in style, Eric. Yeah. Well, You're not in a van.
5: If I'm coming to hang out with a bunch of motorcyclists, I might as well come on my department bike. I am a motor officer with uh, the department, so I rolled up on a uh, KTM 350 EXC. Great bike. I love it. But it's got some accessories. Yes, we like the accessories. It's not your average uh, (laughs) 350 EXC. It does have full uh, red and blue lights. It's a full law enforcement vehicle, siren, everything. That's all on there, just like any other police bike. Right. Can you imagine getting pulled over on the trail? What the heck? Is it, this a
0: rent-a-cop? What's going on? It happens
5: uh, daily. It's, yeah. Oh, I, here's... it. So What's that? Do
0: you drag the arrestees?
5: <laughs> well, fortunately, we have some people in trucks as well. And uh, um, it does get a little challenging when you've arrested someone on a, when you're on the motorcycle. But you have to get someone out there with a the truck and so problem So
1: I'm, I'm curious. To what extent can you pick the bike you get to ride?
5: I was really lucky. Mm. Um, When I got here, um, we had a fleet of very old, very worn out, just clapped out bikes that had served long and hard and were well past time to be replaced.
3: And you couldn't catch the bad guys.
5: (laughs) Well, we could, but it it (laughs) took effort. So I was fortunate in that. I was able to be a part of the team that wrote the specs for what our new motorcycles were going to be,
3: oh.
5: and uh, I was able to get the exact bike that I wanted as a patrol vehicle into specs. So, so if, if you were wondering what my dream bike is, it's right there. So, okay, so so why why that bike? Uh, that's a good question. So. The advantages with going with the EXC is that it's a dual sport. So um, there are public roads that are not OHV legal in this area. And so by having a street legal motorcycle, I'm able to move among the different sections of the park. Um, and then I really like the design and suspension of the KTMs, the geometry. I love how they handle. And Can I see?
0: Oh, yeah, it's orange blood in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, so, how they, the performance of the motors, how they handle. The drawback is I spend a lot more time doing maintenance, but worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you ride before you became ranger? Or That's you actually a really good question. There. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: does, does one become a rider or does one become a ranger?
5: Depending on your perspective, this place may have corrupted me.
0: <laughs> um,
5: so, I started my state parks career working at primarily wilderness parks and um, when I started as a non-law enforcement position, and when I transferred to a law enforcement position, I uh, got sent to the academy, came out. By wilderness parks, you mean non-motorized parks? Non-motorized parks. Um, I started in a place called Mount San Jacinto State Park. Uh, it's near Palm Springs and it's uh, 14,000 acres of wilderness oh. area. And when I say wilderness area, I mean a place that it's not even legal to run a chainsaw because it's got such a high level of protection. So my job was done exclusively on foot. I, if I wanted to go somewhere within the park or do my job somewhere, that meant I was walking there. Whoa. So um, that's my background. Um, I'd have gotten a motorcycle job too. <laughs> <laughs> so went through went right? through the academy and um, was looking to do something very different than what I had previously done. And so why not go the other end of the spectrum with state parks rather than wilderness area that, you know, you can't have a bicycle to let's put mo- motorcycles, dirt bikes there and. Um, oh, so, yeah, and I've had a great time since coming here. Um, I'm kind of a anomaly in state parks and that my dad was also a ranger and he had worked at an OHV park uh, back in the 80s and doing the same job that I'm doing now and so I'd seen what state parks was all about and so I wanted that OHV experience but because my dad had seen a lot of stuff I was never allowed to ride as a kid
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
5: uh, once I got here um, I started annoying my supervisor until I got sent through the motorcycle training to get signed off to ride motorcycles and uh, pretty much every single week's since that day uh, i've been working the park on a motorcycle because it is so much better than bouncing around in a truck so
0: i wanted to ask about you actually have a couple things on your vest one that says officer which we covered yep there's another thing that says emt yep and i'm wondering is that more of your job is as an emt
5: so that's a huge part of my job um Uh, Yeah, we saw some of that today, I think, actually. um, we had a couple of uh, different issues today going on. Um, So I do... I'm one of the EMTs at this park. Not all Rangers are EMTs. Uh, We currently have uh, four EMTs on staff. The rest of the Rangers are um, a minimum of uh, public safety first aid, which is a higher level of first aid than uh, most first aid. And then some of us are EMTs. So that allows us to get to where people are hurt and start patient care on scene because AMR, an ambulance, is not going uh, the places that you guys are. And so by me being an EMT, we can get out there and provide a high quality care um, on scene where the accident occurred and I'm also fortunate in that I'm one of the EMS instructors for the department, so I get to teach other people on how to provide emergency medical care.
4: So can we touch a little bit on that, Eric? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in the process. So if somebody wrecks on the on the one of the trails mm-hmm. and hurts themselves, um, you go out and obviously you stabilize their condition.
3: Yeah.
4: What happens then if they can't get out? either in their own steam or with help, is you just call the helicopter in. So. I've got
3: another question. (laughs) At first, there's no phone service, right? Yeah. Someone's gotta come say.
5: Well, you you have a radio, so I
4: mean, at least. Yeah, yeah. so
5: there's, we get the call in various different ways. Uh, Sometimes there is cell reception and 911 calls get routed to our dispatch and we're notified that way. Yep. The other option that happens Probably most often is another rider will come down. Yeah, my friend's been
4: hurt, or I saw somebody, or whatever. Liza and
5: I came up on a guy in a ditch, Shaun of the ditch right. we call him.
4: So,
1: and, uh, that's on, up
0: on Harmony Gate, mm-hmm. found a guy in the ditch. So You
1: rode
4: out. I'm like, I'll go him. get somebody, you stay with unharmed. him. Yeah.
0: And I know if I just keep riding, I'm going to find a ranger. So
5: yep. you show up, Eric, um, you're there, it's yep. blood and guts. So we get to the call. We handle (laughs) all the the uh, immediate life (laughs) threats the best that we can. Right. And depending on the severity of the situation and where we are is going to affect our transport decisions. So, if it's super critical and we're able to get a helicopter on scene, then uh, that's number one choice. well, it's a choice. It yes. all it all varies depending on situation.
0: And so you know, many of us have life flight insurance. Right. Well, that's a good decision for mm-hmm. for this reason. I've seen enough helicopters come in here. How uh,
5: yeah.
4: okay? So let's talk about another couple because this is genuinely interesting to me.
5: Yeah. So um, the other side of it is we have some absolute incredible studs of drivers in this park on our ranger staff, <laughs> and. Uh, Several of our uh, patrol vehicles, like the Chevy tahoes that you see cruising around, actually have backs converted into very small ambulances and we're able to transport people in that. And you would not believe the places that a skilled driver can put a Chevy tahoe. Right.
0: Well, I once watched a rescue happen on a place you can get, no truck, mm-hmm. mule, whatever. And I'm wondering if this is one of the most common places that you have to rescue someone from you know what I'm talking about, it's I'm going right over here. this hill. The hill climb. Yep. And it's quite fascinating. I watched a rescue happen where somebody broke their leg in the middle of the hill. Mm-hmm. And the process for getting them off, yep. it involved some stakes. I was and probably ropes. there that day.
5: If you want to explain uh,
0: how that works.
5: Yeah, so we do have technical rescue capability. Um, so the stakes that you saw are called uh, pickets, mm-hmm. and they're giant steel uh, anchors that are hammered into the ground, and you use a series of them connected, uh, and you're able to set up a mechanical advantage system to raise or lower a patient down the hill climb. And, um, yeah, that's, that's another and, option.
4: And so in each area of the park, you've got a specific technique. So, yep. so you know that when hun- someone's hurt on the hill climb you will have to use this very yep. specific technique to get them down so you can actually get to the base with the correct equipment and, and we
5: have equipment pre-staged um, oh, for in- in- instance oh, you mentioned the hill climb cool. yeah. um, we have what's called the rescue cart and inside the rescue <laughs> cart there is all of the ropes the carabiners the webbing the anchors. Uh, the Stokes basket. everything that we need is in this cart, Right. and this cart is small enough that it's able to be towed by a small ATV and get it wherever we need in the park.
0: So what what trail here is the Widowmaker? Which one <laughs> oh do you God. have the most friends on? I'm curious <laughs> to <riddle> know.
5: <laughs> You're going to be surprised by that. Oh, Harmony Gate. Harmony Gate the ditch 100 um, <laughs> the ditch. the, <laughs> the <laughs> most common um place for accidents is going to be harmony gate north canyon return
0: it's that left turn gate, with right? a ditch isn't it uh <laughs> i mean a right turn
5: i'd say more yeah, the right turn the entirety of harmony gate yeah. and north yeah. canyon interesting. Which, which is, is interesting Nuts, that is. Junction.
0: yeah well which is interesting because a lot of people here are on bigger bikes yeah. they're like what trail is going to do Harmony Gate. Yep. You could do it on any size bike if you yep. take your time, pick your path.
5: And that's the critical part of it and why all of the accidents happen, not all, but a large majority of accidents happen there, is people look at the trail rating and go, oh, it's a green trail. I can go as fast as I want. Yeah.
3: Right. Wow.
5: And, um, yeah, that, that doesn't work out. You have to ride within your skill level at all times. So um, I'm going to go there, as
4: distasteful a subject as it is, <laughs> fatalities. Ooh. Okay. Um, rare, I'm sure, or I sincerely hope they're rare. Very rare. Not unprecedented,
5: though. It has happened, yes.
4: Okay. And are there very specific procedures to respectfully deal with people who have died on the trail?
5: Absolutely. Um, so once... If in that situation, once a fatality has occurred, it's treated like any other out-of-hospital death and uh, becomes a law enforcement investigation.
4: So the coroner has to come Coroner's in? Coroner's
5: office and... comes in and um, the whole process is done just like a fatal car accident out on the highway.
4: So so here's my question on how it becomes pertinent as a ranger. Mm-hmm. You, I presume you just close the park or just that trail?
5: Uh, so, usually it's just the surrounding area and what's necessary for the investigation and uh, respect for the deceased. Okay. What are the annual numbers on
0: that? I mean, how many fatalities? Yeah. I mean, I can't so be that many,
5: right? I've been he- at this park for almost nine years. Um, as far as motor vehicle related fatalities, not just ones that I've been on, but total, I think we've had. Two in the past okay. nine
0: years. Yeah,
5: very serious. two. Not. Yes. Two. <laughs> so I'm All
1: good. Yep. So I'm, I'm curious. A bunch of us have crashed here this
3: weekend, right? I think we <laughs> so got something
1: to brag about. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just framing the question. Is um, is what are the common injuries that you see? I think I saw a uh, kid. Yeah. We call them Killian into the, the, the creek. Now. It looked like maybe a collarbone, but what are the maybe the common injuries? What uh, are the mistakes? And then, what gear do you like to see people wear? Ooh, good so, question.
5: common injuries, uh, lots and lots of collarbones. Um, I've seen a lot of arm injuries of people putting their arms out to catch themselves falling. Tuck and roll, people. Tuck and roll. It. Learning how to crash is a critical skill, um, and. One of the big things is don't brace for impact of you know, like like you said, tuck <laughs> yeah, tuck and roll, and roll is huge. Yeah. Also see a lot of uh, knee injuries. Um, unfortunately, I've seen some absolutely gnarly uh, ankle and foot injuries from people not wearing proper boots. Right. Uh, boots are um, a big
1: one, aren't they? Yeah.
5: So me personally i will not get on a motorcycle unless at a bare minimum i have a full face helmet gloves and proper riding boots that is my bare minimum and the more equipment that you have the better uh, it does make a difference in
3: uh i like shin
4: guards
5: um, shin guards are big you know a few years ago uh,
4: me and liza went down did the honda off-road training course down in mm-hmm. southern california and the big part of that was going into the room and getting the correct
5: gear and getting fitted out. And fit is so it's everything. Um, everything. Unfortunately, I've seen accidents where, yes, they were wearing a helmet. However, it was the wrong size. And Which can do
4: more damage
5: than I, no helmet. Yeah, I've seen too many crashes where helmets have come off.
4: So let's get to a, quite a broad subject. I mean, there's... Um, there's people listening to this who are, I really want to visit this park. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you wish novices knew as they walk through the gate to make sure that they have a good time, yeah. that they don't get on the wrong
5: side of you? <laughs>
4: um, just a few pointers. I think
5: probably one of the things you can do that sets you up for the most success right off the bat is when you come into the park, ask for a park map. Not just because it has the layout of the trails on it, but there's also a lot of information regarding the uh, laws, rules, regulations of the park. Okay. Um, So if you have questions, please ask. Um, And if you're a new or inexperienced rider, I would highly, highly, highly encourage everyone to take at least a basic uh, MSF course or something like that so that you know how to operate the motorcycle.
0: So I've got a question for you. Of these crashes, how many are involving a quad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very Because I, I, I prepped everyone, I said, have a great time. Watch out for a kid on a the quad. They're like a rattlesnake. They're unpredictable. They will kill you.
5: <laughs> so I think that's a really common misconception that some people have, is that ATVs are safer, safer than motorcycles. Uh, for the ATV rider.
3: I'm, not, <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm yeah. not sure it's no, safer the for They will hurt um, you quite quickly, Jim.
5: You. Uh, you know, as I'm sure we've all experienced at some point who are here today, the second you get over your skill set in on a motorcycle, what happens? You crash. The motorcycles won't allow you to go beyond your skill set. ATVs are sneaky mean. Um, <laughs> they will let you go well beyond your skill set until you are in so deep that you have no hope of saving it. And then they start rolling. And if you've ever looked at an ATV, they're kind of cube shaped. And once things start crushing on them, they become ball shaped. <laughs> and they just start rolling. And I love that. I love that motion. I I can't tell you how many times I've seen ATVs roll over the person who was riding them. Right. Right. Um, Whereas a motorcycle, it flops over, and you, know, you can get a few somersaults out of it. ATVs, um, I would really encourage anyone operating an ATV to get the minimum, um, of do the ATV safety course, and um, learn how to handle this vehicle. Or get a motorcycle. Um, and, yeah, exactly. Or get a
3: motorcycle. <laughs>
4: um, and we can kind of segue with that and ways to not piss off the rangers. Um, how many accidents do you attend that are alcohol related? Ooh. Um, probably think? far too many, unfortunately.
5: Far too many. However, not as many as you would suspect at this park. Um, there are some areas that do have um, alcohol use problems. Uh, it's pretty... It's not super common at this park.
4: <coughs> I know it's far more common in the boating world. Mm-hmm. Um, but still. So You know, everyone likes to drink. Everyone likes to ride motorcycles.
5: Don't do them together. Uh, and that's one of the important <laughs> things to understand is that... All alcohol laws that apply on highway also apply off highway. You can get a DUI on your dirt bike.
3: Um interesting.
5: If you have an open container of alcohol on your ATV or in your pack or something like that, open container laws also apply off highway.
1: So I'm curious in that vein, so we talked a lot about dirt biking, but also a lot of camping out here, right? Yeah. And I'm sure it gets a little nutty. It does. Are there any stories you can share where people just do absolutely ridiculous stuff in the middle of the night? And you have
4: to go out <laughs> and save right? Wait, like,
0: are, you wait, are we blind taking notes for ride? tonight?
5: The blindfold ride, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> let's have me out of here by then. Uh, so yeah, the there are specific laws relating to campground operations. Um, There is a 10 o'clock quiet hour within this park. Um, We also do not allow um, operation of motor vehicles after sunset, and that greatly decreases the um, alcohol issues. Um, As far as nutty things in the campground, it was actually this campground, <laughs> uh, one of the campsites down the bar's been set, and we got a noise complaint about one specific group. And so, me and my partner uh, came into the campground, and they were pretty easy to find. Uh, one of them was dancing on top of the ramada, and uh, the <laughs> others were um, thoroughly enjoying their alcohol in their seats. And oh, uh, we could
0: top this, you guys.
5: That's I, a low bar. They, it's, it's... it's, it's, it's lighter. We're <laughs> not there yet. No. Oh, wait, and, more. <laughs> uh, So me and my partner at the time uh, really enjoyed sitting back and observing what was going on <laughs> before we uh, went into the contact. So we knew who, where everybody was, where, what everyone's mindset was. So we're watching and my partner circles around the back and he's slowly walking in and we had agreed that he was going to be the primary officer making the contact. And, most people get mesmerized by their campfire and we'll sit there just staring at their campfire. My partner was able to get close enough into this group that he's standing in the circle of their chairs to the point that they're leaning around my partner to yell at each other and uh, they still haven't seen him. And at one point, One of them turns and leans around my partner and yells to the guy on the top of the Ramada that, hey, you need to knock it off before the rangers come. (laughs) At that moment, my partner decided that the best course of action was just to shine his flashlight on himself and looked at him and said, too late. (laughs) And uh, at that moment, the guy who was on the top of the Ramada panicked, took off running, and a ramada is a pretty small area to be running on, so it didn't take long till he hit the end of it, flying leap off the end of the ramada, somehow managed to stick the landing and took off running straight to me. <laughs> Nicely done. So, uh, I think nutty things in the campground. That's a pretty entertaining one. That's shareable.
0: Nice. So I had a question for you. I wanted to know. So two parter. What's your favorite trail, and what? is a like a nice hidden gem that a lot of people haven't discovered here in this park. Maybe it's a feature uh you know or um or a view or something like that.
5: So, one of my favorite trails right now it actually isn't super great because of the storm damage, but I absolutely love Donnie Brook. Donnie Brook. Um, that's one of my favorites. It's a black diamond trail. Um
4: oh, but that's for the experts. So, you asked my favorite.
5: Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, well,
0: let me What makes that trail Black Diamond?
5: It is very narrow. Uh, There's a couple of uh, uh, rocky drops in it, um, and it follows an old creek bed right now. Uh, It's a little bit uh, full of water. So, um, and then where it crosses back onto Harmony Gate, um, that section of trail to make the crossover has been washed out. Uh, And it's on our repair list, but unfortunately we haven't gotten it done yet.
0: So, and what, what is a hidden gem? Like, I just discovered for the first time these mini-bike trails mm-hmm. that are here in our campground. Mm-hmm. We've been having fun tooling around. I didn't even know they existed. Yep. Um,
5: so, hidden gems, there is there is a lot. Um, like I said, we have over 100 miles of trail in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, How about the park is a hidden gem? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I would say one of the cool things is if you have people in your group who are not into motorsports, we have some actually really awesome uh, hiking trails in the park as well. Yeah. And um, so if you go back into Madrone Campground, in the back, there's the nature area. There's some great trails there. And then also off the side of uh, Cienega Road, before you get to the park main entrance, there's another area that's uh, mudstone. And that area is also uh, designated for non-motorized use. In dogs are allowed in those areas. Dogs are allowed in those areas. So, um, I'd like to point out that Eric is actually on duty, mm-hmm.
4: and he's very generously um, agreed to talk for an hour. I'd like to open up the last ten minutes. I mean, we have a big campsite you know, here. We have more than ten minutes. We're not there yet. I think we're 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 getting close. Um, So, ask, this is your opportunity. You have a real life park ranger here. What did you say, copper? A copper, (laughs) you'll never take me alive, copper. Ha ha, so ask away. I'm sure you all have questions, ask away.
5: Yours was first hand Uh, up. Grand Canyon, if you get a permit
1: to hike the Grand Canyon and something happens, they aeromed you out of there. if you pay the fee to get in here, I know we, we all have different kinds of insurances, but is that something you guys, is part of the state park package or?
5: So, uh, that's why
0: we have helicopter yeah. insurance. Yeah, the first one yeah. for different you know, So It
5: is. So, um, we don't pay for um, the emergency medical transport. However, all of the services we provide while you are in the park, um, and provided by state park staff, is covered by your tax dollars and uh, the Chappie Zieberg fund.
1: I think typically the first rescue when they pull you out—that no charge for that one. But if they fly, that's the freebie the that
4: reels you
5: in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after that, you're gonna you gotta pay. Second time. I mean,
3: the Grand Canyon is several thousand feet yeah. deeper than here,
5: so. Um, but. Yeah, as far as the uh, ambulance ride or if you're uh, helicoptered out, that's all um, comes down to your insurance. Um, but if you're not aware of it, um, the main helicopter provider in this area is Reach AirMed um, and specifically the CalStar branch of Reach. Uh, Reach services uh, the vast majority of the West Coast. And they do have insurance packages available specific for air transport. So
0: over the years that I've been coming here, I've seen slight changes Mm -hmm. to some of the trails and stuff. I'm curious, who gets to design and implement? Oh, yeah. And are there going to be new trails coming? What was the most recent, Rens?
5: So, uh, yeah, Rens the most recent trail to open uh, would be um, uh, Island island ridge trail
0: okay. and that
5: crosses from uh the adobe side into the wren side
0: because it's no easy tasks these are no. carved out of steep hillsides
5: so a lot of our trails actually date back into um, the 1970s and before um, it was a state park and we've continued to maintain and improve uh, we've also opened new sections of the park uh, such as wrens that keeps getting mentioned mm-hmm. um, and uh, those trails were designed with input from our visitors, and also um, the sequoia process for um, any governmental development project. So we have environmental scientists on staff. We have we want feedback and input from our visitors so that what we're building is conducive to what you guys are looking to experience. And what
0: you're describing, you're not referring to the volunteer trails, in quotes. No. no. How do you feel about volunteer trails? And can you explain to what that is? Yeah,
5: so a volunteer trail is a trail that's not part, an official part of the trail system. Uh, It's where someone has voluntarily cut off and made their own trail. Uh, So building your own trail uh, within a state park is actually illegal. Uh, So don't do it. Definitely don't do it. And it is something that, we will investigate and try to locate on. And we have had success in the past uh, looking for people who did do uh, destructive um, trail construction. And, and like here's that. a reminder
4: Officer Hansen has a gun. <laughs>
5: And a taser,
4: Don't cut your own trail. I saw a question from the Peanut Gallery. Yes, uh, I think you was
3: uh, you actually touched on it a little bit. I was had a question about the design of the trails and like where they came from.
0: Yeah,
5: the how design much of it was influenced by uh, in just the natural forma versus what people actually really wanted. Yeah. So some of the trails are cut specifically to. Um, have minimal impact on the uh, environmental around it. Uh, Some of the trails, like I said, date back to before we were a state park and those considerations weren't made. Uh, I think one of the big success stories as far as trail design in this park is actually the Wren's property. And most of those are really great, enjoyable trails.
3: It's our favorite. Yeah. (laughs)
5: And those were all designed so that we don't have the runoff issues. If you notice, they continually follow contours of the trail. And where uh, they don't follow a contour of the trail, they're primarily outslopes so that the water doesn't accumulate on them. So the hydrology of the area is taken into account, and we want to minimize our negative impacts so that we're not getting... um, soil in our creeks and sedimentation issues and things like that all
0: right a a lot of the trails are carved right out of the hillside and here's a tip that i give people who are is this a misfits top tip it's a top tip if you're riding on some of these trails on a cliff's edge and you find yourself with a little too much speed and you're about to launch over the edge you want to be a starfish be a starfish and cling to the hillside isn't that right (laughs) so you don't go tumbling down starfish
4: I think that's incredibly bad advice, Liza. We have, a, we have another question from the front row. Uh, as an EMT and,
1: and a ranger, um, can you go through some of your gear and like what you carry on you at all times? Yeah, because
0: yeah. he's
5: equipped. So, oh, let good me question. Tell yeah, tell us about your gear. So on my person right now, um, are uh, I've got taser, pepper spray, baton, Uh, Multiple sets of handcuffs, um, a Smith & Wesson MP40. uh, It's a big gun. (laughs) Eh,
4: It's a big-ish (laughs) gun. It it looks
5: bloody enormous from where I was. Like six inches? So we're also, um, at this park currently, we're um, in a trial period with a new piece of equipment called a bolo wrap. Um, So we're considering that for a de-escalation tool. Um, And a pilot program of that. On my bike, I have um, all kinds of medical equipment. What's a bullet wrap? Basically, it shoots out two little grappling hooks that are connected by a string, and the intent of uh, tying it up. Your targets, ankles or arms, depending yeah. First on. Where's
3: Charlie?
5: We have literally had the bolo wrap for five days, so it hasn't uh, hasn't been used. Haven't right. used it. Yet. Have you trained?
0: Have trained. Have to train? Train. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. Jim, oh, run! <laughs> if I'm
1: running, everybody you know better start running. Know. I'll tell you that right
0: now. So here's another question for you. Because we're talking about law enforcement. I've never seen that much trouble here. I, I assume it's not a huge part of it. But there are times where there may be a tree down or something happened. Do some, does somebody go out and ride every trail in the mornings? Or no. do you wait for someone to report so, it? So, uh,
5: like I said, we have over 100 miles of trails. Yeah. Uh, it So patrolling every section of trail, and that's just 100 miles of trail within the lower ranch. That's not taking into account mudstone or hudner or upper ranch so the trails aren't patrolled uh, every day but when there are issues reporting um, we try to get out and get them addressed as quickly as possible especially if it's on one of the main thoroughfare trails that is going to be necessary for emergency evacuation so it's pretty regular that i'll get a report and throw a chainsaw in my truck and i'll be out there working
0: and i forgot i so did you say is there going to be any new sections is there more um, land left to develop more trails?
5: So right now, I don't know of any plans pending for uh, new development um, within this part. Okay.
1: Oh, uh, slight, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, uh, so you kind know, of obvious, but as a ranger on a bike, are you expected to be able to ride every trail
5: out here? Um, our newer rangers, no. Like I said, I've been riding here for eight years, so I'm willing to go pretty much anywhere in this park. Nice.
0: nice. Do we have more questions? Yeah. In well, there we go. gonna, uh,
5: We've had no rain for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's stunning right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is beautiful. Foilage and the greenery and everything. I and mean, are you guys happy this is happening? I mean, oh, stoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is it drawing more people? I just, I mean, we're sitting here and dealing ideal Yeah. Playing. So it's pretty amazing. We're, the most popular time for riding in this park is through uh, winter into uh, spring, where we are right now. Uh, once we have the green up, like like you said, it's absolutely incredible. Um, we have water flowing all over the park. We have a lot of beauty. Um, summertime, everything does try tend to dry out and get a little browner around here. But I, with the drought that we've been going through for the past couple of years, I was very optimistic for a wet year and We
4: got it. So I have a... I'm sorry. It's it's beautiful. I have a a brief question. um, And it's something that's always confused me. And I'm hoping you can give it some clarity. Mm -hmm. Red sticker, green sticker. And I hear we might be going to no sticker. So can you explain... The the whole yeah because some of us buy used bikes some of us buy new bikes yeah so how do we navigate uh, that
5: within California there's two different registration types there's green sticker and red sticker um, what a green sticker bike is is a bike that uh, conforms to California's emission standards and a green sticker bike can be operated year round okay um,
0: so and also there's street legal bikes so yep. would that be third. Or is that counted as a green?
5: So a street-legal motorcycle is a street-legal vehicle. It can be operated um, on highways, off highway. Um, Vehicles with a sticker registration can only be operated off highway. They can't be ridden on highway. Right. But I
4: think what Liza's getting at is if you come in here with a dual sport, you can ride anywhere at any time of year.
5: And then where things get a little more complicated is in the non-emission compliant bikes so that's going to be your red sticker bikes Um, red sticker is a thing throughout all of california and different parts of california have a different uh, red sticker riding season but they can only be operated part of the year Um, for this park um, red sticker closes in june and opens um, in october or after october so so, um so basically
4: from June to October if I've got the CR500 at home with the red sticker it needs to stay at home I can't bring it out here and that may vary from park to park
5: Yeah, and there are changes coming with the red sticker program um so as it rests right now um red sticker is going away um and what that means is, bikes model year um, 2022 or newer um, that would fall under the classification of a red sticker vehicle um, will no longer be eligible to receive wow. registration.
0: And these would uh, qualify as race bikes, yeah. motocross bikes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And so,
5: and what happens within a park like this? So, um, well, there's still more to it. Um, While the 2022 and newer bikes that are red stickers won't be able to be registered, um, all of the bikes previous to that come 2025 are going to be grandfathered in as green sticker. So um, if it's a older than um, 2022 bike, then it will uh, be honored to ride it on public lands. If it's 2022 and newer, what would be a red sticker Um, then it won't be eligible to receive registration and cannot be operated on public lands. There are numerous laws pending in the legislature currently, so this program may change. um, And all of the red sticker seasons are determined by the California Air Resources Board. Okay.
0: So here's a question for you. There's some more upcoming changes, and I'm curious to see how far you're projecting Might we possibly start seeing charging stations in this park with the advent of
5: electric coming in? That is a good question that I don't have an answer to.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yes, over here.
5: What about people who uh, have off-road vehicles from out of state? So if I'm from Oregon or Washington yeah. or surrounding areas, can I come here and ride, or do I have to have a certain sticker? So uh, there is a non-resident uh, sticker program. So um, if your state is one of the states that has a reciprocity with uh, California for your registration, you will not have to purchase a out-of-state registration. If you are in a state that um, doesn't have the reciprocity uh, for instance, one of the ones that recently changed that comes to mind is Arizona. Um, so, if you're an Arizona resident and operating an OHV in California, then you will need to purchase a non resident sticker. There
0: you go. The and have re-
3: represent,
0: represent, and I have, we have time for one more question from the audience. Does somebody have a question for him? From the cheap seats. Yes. No? No? Okay, then no. I have. Uh, the last question, I think. First of all, I wanted to thank you for coming out. Absolutely. Uh, this is, I know this is on your time. Uh, we've really been wanting to learn more about all the hard work that we, I think we take for granted. You know, We talked about your law enforcement, but in general, people aren't assholes here. No, it's a, a family place. Yes. I'm so proud of this place. Yes. See all these families, all these young bikers, people having a good time, you're meeting other people. We're having fun, and uh, I want to know for you what is the most rewarding part of your job.
5: The most rewarding part of my job is I get to come into people's lives when they're, for a lot of people, are having one of the worst days of their lives, and mm. I get to help make it better. And I get so I've been able to provide medical care to some very injured people. Um, I've been able to. Um, be involved with law enforcement contacts in situations that have made other people's lives better and helped in that way. So I really enjoy the aspect of getting to help people and serve my community. And one thing that I have really emphasized to a lot of people is if you can't figure out what you want to do, um, because there's all these different careers that look super interesting, I would encourage you to become a Ranger because I have the coolest job in the world and I get to help people every day and-
4: And it's clear you enjoy it. So thank you. Yeah, it's thank been you a, very much. It's been a great interview. Yeah. I know the audience appreciate it. Um, and we certainly do. Um, thank you. Come yeah. out to Hollister Hills. It was a pleasure Hills. to be here. Uh, try yeah.
0: it out. We love it. Well, how awesome Man, was, was that? great. How awesome Incredible. was that? Um, Increible. Increible. I'm going to say that was one of my favorite that was one of my favorite interviews. It's a whole nother world of motorcycling and and people who work well, to yeah. do that, you know, to keep that going and and the ranger and the things he has to deal with from from you know busting baddies to rescuing sickies. I don't know. You <laughs> right? know,
4: we should do And I'm just putting it out there, a whole range of interviews of people who work with Mm -hmm. their motorcycles. Like you? Well, no, no. I I work on motorcycles. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about people's work involves motorcycles. Uh, So I'm talking about dispatch riders. So I can tell you. Motorcycle cops. I'm on the same page with you. And I've been
0: trying, and it is very hard. In fact, I have been trying for about five years to get an interview with a park ranger. There was actually a lot of um, red tape we had to go through and approvals and submitting questions. and But then you get down to it and it was just a nice conversation. We just wanted to like give them credit for what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard. But, Emma, yeah, keep that in mind of some others that we can bring on that do that. But when it is a government branch, it's hard to get clearance right. for them. You know, I once had the idea, and I went to the CHP, and I'm like, hey, I want you to come down and um, get people drunk and test them, <laughs> right? You know how they do that? Yeah, I've seen that before. And, and I thought that would be fun example, and it's like, uh, I've never, never made it work. But um, there you go, uh, Ranger Eric. He did a great job. I really enjoyed uh, talking to him. Um, I think, uh, what a great weekend um thanks to i mean all the misfits uh who helped out emma for cooking and teaching your tire changing class john for bailing to come back to the garage to open it today while we were out having fun for the one person who came right (laughs) Uh, (laughs) or two with james the second
2: uh ellie and james Yeah, yeah, yeah well and uh and the tim
0: yeah so I appreciate you doing that, and uh, it, it, it's, it, it means a lot to me that you did it. Emma, next year, we, are we going bigger?
4: Radio Ridge, baby. Pa- yeah. <laughs> pants off, dance off next year. It is going to be pants off, dance off next year. Um no, we need to come up with a whole new range of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could, it can be interactive based on the amount of children that are in the audience and whether we can get them <laughs> to go to bed so we can do adult things. Um, <laughs> no, it's just, if there's a party going, Fray is going to be in the middle of it. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> there's no escaping that. Um, I think we can comfortably, I think we can comfortably double it. Well, they have other spots that we could be in that have the same... Uh, No, we could
0: double it in that same space. That was a perfect location. but
4: I think we could comfortably double it, um, and it'd be just as intimate, just as fun, just as relaxed a scene. Um, slightly crazier. Definitely slightly (laughs) crazier. There will be a Gimp mask. There will be. There will always be a Gimp mask. (laughs) Um,
0: So, lastly, I I said it before, but I'll say it again. Um... Matt and Breaking Away Trips, Uh, Breaking Away
4: Adventures. No, he's got a down pat. He knows what he's doing. He caters the event. If you go on a Breaking Away adventure, um, Matt knows what he's doing. He's not going to let you get out of shape and hurt yourself on your bike. I guarantee you are probably going to eat better than you have in a long time, especially if you're a single guy, Mm -hmm. because I know how single guys eat. Well, he's got some neat trips coming up, too. He's got the
2: one in New Mexico for the stars and... So people should really jump on his website and figure out where he's got going and go go
4: And he really cares about what he's doing He does I mean
2: He's a hospitality
4: guy Right, exactly I mean, I hate the idea of anybody stressing out over us But it shows how much he cared about wanting the trip to be a success
0: Well, there you go Um, One big announcement
4: The t-shirts have arrived
2: I saw them in the other room Oh, they look good Pretty cool Yeah, so
0: It's not too late But I am going to be shutting it down soon uh, because these are limited edition T-shirts. I only do I do a different batch every year and they first go to all of our Patreon subscribers of five dollars or more. Yeehaw. And it is a free T-shirt every year to our Patreon subscribers um, until they run out. And then you got to wait until the following year to get your free T-shirt, the next one. So it's not too late. You can click the link in our show notes, or right. you can go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Right, right. And click on the support us page. Yes. And uh, not too late to get her t-shirt. They came out good, Don. Yeah, they're cool. They? Yeah, I really yeah. like them. Oh, I got to give you yours. It's in the other. Oh, oh yeah, it's here. Right on. Um, but go go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You'll find everything else. And once again, uh, we're going to put out the request. If you are liking what you hear. Please give us a review. We still have that bad review. We oh, gotta push God. it under down. I know. Uh, the only fair way to do it is to just get more reviews on there. Tell people what you think. Well, I think that about wraps it up. I, I mean, think we're so. all a bit exhausted. And we only got a couple days
4: uh, to turn around before we have to go to the one show. That's right. Um, I'm actually leaving on Wednesday. You're flying out on Thursday. Yeah, I'll be there for your, your setup.
0: and then uh, I'll be here at the garage. Yep. <laughs> you'll be running the garage. <laughs> and then the following weekend is the quail. It's the quail.
4: The it's quail. a busy time for us, <sighs> yeah. Um Once again, the Mototown tent will be at the quail. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be shenanigans and gin and tonics. Um yeah, God, it's a busy time. It is. If you're coming to the one it's show, so great.
0: Uh, look yeah. for us. Emma and I are going to be building <clears throat> our little lounge somewhere illegally within the event. Without so this knowing. year,
4: <laughs> I am taking a Metal Flake Green Moto Guzzi V11, so it's mm-hmm. not going to be hard to find. Right, there you go. So and Bagel has a, has a scooter in there, too. Yeah, yeah he does. Um, bagel so- should exhibit himself. I mean, he's a unique he's specimen. He's show quality. He's I, a- I feel the Bagel is show quality.
0: Well, this is part I say, thank you to everyone. We've done a lot of thanks on this yeah. podcast, but it's because we need to. This is yeah. so much bigger well, than any of us. Thanks to you,
2: Liza, too, for the energy that you put into this. I mean, oh, all yeah. this stuff wouldn't happen without you, including the podcast. Oh, don't thank much. her.
4: Oh, no, no, her, 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 I, I her head will it. swell so <laughs> big she won't get out of the door. <laughs> 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 that's a danger to us all.
0: No, I have as much fun as everybody else. So yeah, that's and I mean, I, I
4: think that's the whole thing. If you have fun doing something... You can work very, very hard, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like work because you love doing it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So big thanks to everyone, including all of our Patreon subscribers and all of our listeners. Yeah, for best. keeping it going. It's just a big family. It really is. Yes. So I'm gonna say, let's get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This is Liza. This is Stumpy John. Emma Dolly, and we are out of here. Cool, cool. cool.
1: Dirty. We were huffing dirt, dude. That's we was, was, Some dirt was huffed. I was huffing mud. Some rubber was spun.